You are Locked On Nittany Lions, your daily podcast on the Penn State Nittany Lions, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, everybody? Welcome into Locked On Nittany Lions. I'm your host, Kevin McGuire, a contributor to AthlonSports.com, and today is Football Friday. It is Friday, October 9th, 2020. Congratulations on making it to the end of yet another week, which also brings us that much closer to the start of the Big Ten and Penn State football season. Yes, it's getting very close. I cannot wait. And I know you can't either. And we have lots of stuff to get into in today's episode. As we do every Friday, we go through some of the games that are being played this weekend. We'll go through the Blitz, and I'll share some of my picks and predictions for this weekend. Some pretty enticing games, so you might want to stay tuned for that. I'm also going to explain one more time my wins and losses predictions that I posted on Athlon Sports as part of a little bit of a roundtable. I've said it before, and I'll say it again. I think this is going to be a good year for Penn State. I just don't think it's going to be a perfect season. We'll get into that as well as talk about some of the latest headlines regarding COVID-19 around college football as we inch closer to seeing what the Big Ten does and how it impacts the Big Ten schedule once it does begin to play. So again, lots of stuff to get into in today's episode. If you enjoy this, make sure you hit that subscribe button in whatever podcasting app you may be listening to us right now. And then when the episode is over, feel free to go back and leave a rating and a review. Let us know what you thought about today's episode and the podcast in general. Your feedback really does help us build this show to make it something you guys want to come back to, share with your friends and family, listen in the car, get other people to get on board and join this little community we are building as we get closer to the start of the Penn State football season. It's going to be a wild ride, and I can't wait to have you guys along with me for it. You are also encouraged to check us out on social media by using the username LockedOnNittany on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitch. So, guys, lots of stuff to get into in today's episode. Let's not wait any longer. Let's dig in and get to it. I sometimes feel like a broken record when we discuss the topic of COVID-19. And again, we're not going to get political here, but this is an ongoing issue that continues to be all around the world of college football. I get home from work and I get ready to record today's episode of the podcast Thursday afternoon. And I'm looking at the headlines to see if there's anything I want to throw into the mix and conversation for this particular podcast. And then I see that Kansas head coach Les Miles has tested positive for COVID-19. First thing I'm thinking is, well, that's another head coach, second head coach this week that has been reportedly testing positive for this disease that continues to be spreading around the country as we speak. And I know it's a hot button issue. Again, we're not going to get political about this, but it is very important to remind people that this is a very real thing that is still continuing to be Uh, causing issues in all walks of life. We'll focus more on the college football aspect of all this moving forward because it is going to be something that's going to be very curious to see how the Big Ten responds once once the season actually does get started. And obviously, as we have said all along, having the delayed start of the season does give the Big Ten some time to make sure that all the schools are properly taken care of as far as testing is concerned on a daily basis. They have all the equipment, all the PPE that they need in order to secure their facilities and and make sure that players and coaches are going to be moving forward with this eight-game season uh, under the best conditions that, that they possibly can allow for, given the fact that they are deciding to play. So it's going to be very interesting because we have seen through the college football season up to this point that uh, it's 
not necessarily unheard of that it's going to wreak some havoc with your actual season, whether it's more games being canceled or postponed. Now, there are some games that are being rescheduled this weekend, mostly due to uh, the hurricane that's coming up from the south. But there's also the Appalachian State game, which is being uh, rescheduled because of an outbreak, I believe, within Appalachian State. And I said earlier, you know, Les Miles is the second head coach this week to be reported as with a positive test. The other one was Kevin Sumlin at Arizona. Now, like the Big Ten, the Pac-12 also has a delayed start. They'll actually be starting after the Big Ten. So plenty of time, hopefully, for Kevin Sumlin to you know, go through his isolation, make sure he's taken care of, make sure the entire Arizona program is taken care of as well. We also know that Bobby Bowden, the former Florida State head coach, Hall of Fame coach, of course, has been hospitalized for getting treatment for a positive test that he has had. Earlier this year, Florida State head coach Mike Norvell missed the Miami game of all games. Uh, I don't know if it necessarily would have made a difference on the scoreboard if he was there or not, but that's another issue. Uh, But that is another head coach that has missed an actual game. And this is a first-year head coach at Florida State. Obviously, this is the former Memphis head coach. Penn State did not face Mike Norvell in that Cotton Bowl because he had already accepted the Florida State job. But uh, Mike Norvell, uh, you know, off to a little bit of a rough start in Tallahassee, and then he had to miss a game. He did return. He, he did coach last weekend's game and got his first official win as the head coach of the Seminoles. But we have seen also in the stands, which are always going to be a hot button issue, especially right now, that the social distancing measures aren't necessarily being followed as much as you would probably expect to see given the conditions. Now, again, every state is going to be different. Every uh, school is going to be different. Every conference is going to be different. In the SEC, there are reports now that the SEC is considering issuing fines for blatant, obviously, violations of the protocols uh, regarding COVID-19, social distancing, mask wearing. I don't know exactly how that's going to be enforced or whether it actually will be, but it is something that you know, if you're if you've been watching these games on TV, and I'm sure that you probably have, you have seen the images that I have. You have seen plenty of people without a mask on, and and some stadiums have larger crowds than others. And again, that goes back to every school is going to be handling things differently. In the Big Ten, it's going to be different. Part of the plan for the Big Ten season is going to be having stadiums with no fans in attendance at all. And I think one of the first questions that a lot of Penn State fans probably had when they saw that the Pittsburgh Steelers are going to have a limited capacity for this weekend's game against the Philadelphia Eagles was whether or not that was going to change Penn State's outlook for maybe a limited capacity in Beaver Stadium. Penn State has already denied that. We talked about this in yesterday's podcast if you want to go back and listen to it. But basically, Penn State, the rest of the Big Ten, they are not allowing fans to stadiums this year. I don't know if that will potentially change if things do change as far as the outlook is concerned across the conference, across the country later on in the season. But I would not expect to be able to attend a Penn State football game this year unless you're related to one of the players because Penn State will be opening the doors for family members again we talked about that in yesterday's podcast you want to go back and listen to that definitely do that but this is the thing I think uh, we're getting closer to the start of when the Big Ten and the Penn State and the Lions are going to take the field for the first time and everybody is crossing their fingers everybody is hoping that all the issues that we are seeing around college football are not going to be carrying over to whatever the Big Ten decides to put out there this season I have some doubts that they're going to be able to conduct this season flawlessly. I don't think it's, I think it's actually pretty unavoidable that something is going to happen, whether that means a player is going to have to miss some playing time or a coach is going to have to sit out a game. I don't think you're going to be able to get through this eight game schedule without any hiccups. 
Hopefully, as far as the schedule is concerned, the schedule can stay intact. And hopefully that the daily testing procedures that the Big Ten has rolled out are going to be effective. We got to treat this responsibly, guys. Make sure you're doing everything that you can so that next year you're going to be able to attend a Penn State football game in person. That's all we're going to say about that. Now we're going to move on. Listeners of this podcast know that I'm a big fan of Built Bars, the protein bars that taste like chocolate bars. Well, they've got a brand new product that's out there, and I'm already falling in love with this one as well. It's called Built Go. Small one and a half ounce packages. I just toss them in my lunch bag. I will take one just before my lunch break or maybe just after lunch. It really helps me get through the last couple of hours of my workday before I get a chance to come home and I'm feeling energized to put this podcast for you guys on a daily basis. Again, if we're doing this podcast five days a week and I'm working nine hours a day at a minimum, I'm going to need a little pick-me-up. And the Built Go, I have already had some fabulous results with it. So I highly encourage you to check them out as well. They've got three great flavors right now. Peanut butter, honey, that's my personal favorite. But they also have chocolate, coconut, and chocolate mint. Chocolate mint is really minty. So if you're a big fan of mint, I highly encourage that. But I will also say the peanut butter, honey, just squeeze that out, put it on an apple or something. That's a delicious treat right there. And it's going to feel good. It's going to energize you. And it's all natural too. So what can possibly go wrong? Right now, if you visit Built BuiltGo.com and use the promo code LOCKED, they're going to give you 30% off your next order. So use promo code LOCKED for 30% off at BuiltGo.com. Let's go. Last week over on the Locked On Big Ten podcast with my buddy Ben Stevens, who's continuing to do a great job covering the Big Ten on a daily basis, make sure you go check out Locked On Big Ten, five shows a week. Right now, they're still going through all the new updated schedule analysis episodes. I was on there last week to discuss Penn State season. We had a couple of different categories, like the game that you guarantee that Penn State's going to win, the biggest challenging game that is a must-win game or the, the biggest obstacle, and the game that you really can't sleep on. There were a couple different fun categories, but during the course of that podcast, I officially went on record with Ben saying that I predicted Penn State is going to finish six and two this season. Now, lo and behold, we have gone through with some updated win and loss columns over on Athlon Sports. And this week, they posted my Penn State prediction for this upcoming season. And like I said on the Locked on Big Ten podcast, I'm picking Penn State to go six and two. And now I'm officially on record in audio form and written form. I guess I just got to do some video to predict which records are going to be so I can cover the video form. But regardless, uh, I'm pretty comfortable saying that this is a six and two season for Penn State. And I'll tell you why. Okay, I still think that this is a really good Penn State team. They're still going to be in a very good position to go to a New Year's Six bowl game. I have questions about the wide receiver position, and I think it's going to hurt them when they really need it the most. The The one loss that I think a lot of people would agree is probably the most likely one on the schedule is that week two matchup, Big Ten week two, I should say, against Ohio State. Now, if you look at our posts on athlonsports.com, it was myself, uh, college football editor Mark Ross, and Stephen Lassen. Uh, going through the record and predicting our wins and losses. You can see it in chart form. I'll share it with you guys on the Twitter feed and over on our Facebook page as well. So we can uh, document it there as well. Uh, but uh, Stephen Laston's got Penn State going 7-1. and one. Mark Ross has Penn State at 6-2, and two, and I've got him at 6-2. and two. And Mark and I have the same wins and losses uh, throughout the schedule. Stephen only has the one loss to Ohio State. We're all picking Penn State to lose to Ohio State as we sit here right now. Now, Mark and I both agree that the second loss is probably going to come on the road. And I've said this on a number of occasions on this podcast and on other podcasts and in radio interviews. 
Penn State's road schedule is where I think Penn State gets tripped up once again. Sort of like last year on the road against Minnesota, where I thought that that was a bad spot for Penn State to be in, just the way that the game landed. I think Minnesota was coming off a bye week, if I'm not mistaken, at the same time. And also Minnesota got off to a really good start, so they had a lot of confidence that was continuing to build, leading up to what was really the biggest home game of the year, at least up to that point, for the Gophers. So I just never liked that timing of the game, the way that the schedule of laid out for Penn State. And of course, as you saw, it did not work out well for Penn State. And this is where I'm going to uh, brag just a little bit, <laughs> because last year when we did the game wins and loss predictions for AthlonSports.com, I, I once again helped put it together and went through the wins and went through the losses on a week-by-week schedule. And I picked Penn State to go what was it? No, 10 and two in the regular season. I had the one loss to Ohio state and I was the only person, I believe I was the only person who picked Penn state to lose to Minnesota, but win the rest of their games outside of the Ohio state game. So that was a little bit of a badge of honor for me going through and having a perfect 10 and two prediction for Penn state season. I know a lot of people were kind of critical of me with uh, the loss to Minnesota and, you know, you know going 10 and two and, uh, there were some there were some skeptics out there, and I silenced them at the end of the year. So we're going to see once again if I'm able to do it with, uh, with the same success. I don't need to tell you guys how difficult that Ohio State game is going to be in that second game of the season. We know that Ohio State's going to open up the season against Nebraska at home. Penn State will be on the road against Indiana, which I still think is a little bit of a tricky spot as well. But that game isn't nearly as tricky of a spot as I think it was originally was in previous versions of the schedule. I think getting a chance to open up the season, everybody's going to be a little jumpy. There's probably going to be a little sloppiness and errors here and there, but I do think that Penn State will be able to prevail and get into that week two matchup against uh, Ohio State at home in what is going to be probably the big game of the year in the Big Ten East and maybe even the Big Ten regular season. But we all know Ohio State is going to be a very good team this year. Beating Ohio State would be fantastic. If I had to hedge my bet right now, I would suggest that Eric, or I'm sorry, Ohio State is probably going to win that game. And I don't think many people would be too surprised by that, right? Because the Buckeyes are on a different level right now. Penn State trying to get there. We'll see if they do. So I don't need to go into too much depth about that one at this point in time. But I will say the Nebraska game and the Michigan game. Those are the two games that I think are most likely uh, to be challenging for Penn State in terms of getting out of there with a good, clean effort and getting a win. Uh, And I think they lose one of those two. The reason I went with Michigan instead of Nebraska is because, first of all, I just think that Michigan is a better team than Nebraska. I think a lot of people tend to not necessarily sleep on Michigan, but kind of uh, Michigan's almost like an afterthought to a degree because they are a pretty solid program. You know, for all the shortcomings that they have had of not getting into the Big Ten championship game, not playing for a college football playoff, they have still won a lot of games. And even when they've had their down years, they're still a threat. We saw that last year when Michigan came out to Penn State. Uh, Obviously, Penn State jumped all over them early on, but Michigan chipped away. Michigan made it a game, and Michigan had a, a very good chance to tie the game. And I still think if they had tied the game, if they had caught the uh, the pass in the end zone, I think there's a very good chance Michigan leaves Happy Valley with the win because everything was leaning towards Michigan in that game. I just feel like that one bad break, that was the big difference there uh, as far as that result was concerned. So I, and we also know that going out to Michigan has been a problem for Penn State. So I do think that Michigan is going to be the most equipped 
to give Penn State a good battle uh, in, when it comes to those road games. Because if you look at the rest of the schedule for that Penn State has, you know, assuming that they avoid an upset at Indiana, which I think is likely to happen, uh, you know, Maryland at home, probably not going to be too much of a problem. Iowa at home could potentially be a battle, but I still think that Penn State can take care of business at home against the Hawkeyes. Uh, a road game at Rutgers, a home game against Michigan State, those don't seem like the biggest challenges that Penn State will face this year. That's why I go back to those road games. And I know Nebraska is not getting a lot of hype going into the season, and they're certainly going to have a brutal schedule. But I think the way that this schedule starts out for Nebraska, they obviously have Ohio State, they got to play Wisconsin, they got to play Northwestern. Those are three difficult games. But by the time they get to that fourth game, maybe they've got something brewing with that offense. Maybe things are starting to come together. And all of a sudden, regardless of where Nebraska is, that game against Penn State, it's a little bit of a statement game, right? It's a statement game opportunity for the Huskers. And that worries me a little bit because I do think Nebraska is going to be a better team as the season gets uh, underway and as it continues throughout the year. So I think that that's a dangerous spot for Penn State. I just think that Penn State is going to have enough talent to really drive Nebraska in the trenches and allow Penn State to get out of that game with a win. Michigan, I think, defensively on, on the line of scrimmage is going to be a much tougher opponent for Penn State to handle. And if Sean Clifford is having a little bit of an erratic day, that could cost them as well. So that's the game where I think Michigan it finds a way to slow down Penn State's offense just enough to make things tense. And given the history in Ann Arbor, there's just something about that game that bothers me. So I've got Penn State 6-2 and two as I'm sitting here right now. Obviously, as the season goes along, we'll continue to do picks. It doesn't necessarily mean I will stick with the picks that I have here. I'm just saying, as I look at the season right now, I've got them at 6-2. and two. We'll see how I feel about that Michigan game when that game comes around, because Michigan could stink this year. Maybe Penn State stinks this year. <laughs> I don't know what's going to happen. But I want to know from you guys right now, as you look at the schedule, where do you see Penn State's record falling at the end of the season? Do you have them at 8-0? Do you have them at 7-1? Do you have them at 1-7? Reach out to us on our Twitter account, at LockedOnNittany. Share your official predictions with us right now. Go on record. Don't be shy about it. We want to know what your record prediction is for Penn State in 2020. So have at it. Hook us up on Twitter, LockedOnNittany. Share your wins and losses. And tell us which games you think they're going to lose, if you think they are going to lose any games. Close out the week, our Football Friday Blitz, where we go through all the top 25 teams that are in action, take a look at any other notable games that are worth keeping an eye on for the upcoming weekend. And of course, I go on record with some of my picks, both straight up and against the spread. And if you're curious about keeping tabs on my picks over the course of the season, to share them with you on my tally site page tallysite.com if you want to check it out for yourself and i will also be looking to improve my record a little bit because i had a little bit of a, a rough couple of weeks overall however i'm not doing too poorly so far so far i've got 78 picks on the board over the last couple of weeks since i started keeping track of my picks and i'm 82 62 and 3 overall that includes all of my straight up picks my picks against the spread and some over under so again I will always share with you all of my picks that I'm making. Sometimes I'll break them down by conference once we get into Big Ten play. But if you want to check them out, I will always post them on our Twitter page, at LockedOnNittany, and of course my Twitter account, at KevinOnCFB. And of course you can keep tabs on all my results on the TallySite page as well. TallySite.com is the website if you want to check it out. All right, cue up the music. <laughs>
No, 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 no. Not that music. That was yesterday's podcast. Let's get to the real music for our Football Friday. All right, week six of the official college football season is about to get underway. And I think this is the first Saturday where I'm genuinely excited about the entire schedule from start to finish. Obviously, we could use a little bit of help with those late night games that we're staying up late for. Good news is the Pac-12 will be coming to the rescue, but we're going to have to wait a little bit. But for right now, we've got a pretty good Saturday on tap as far as college football is concerned. And it's going to start at noon Eastern on ESPN with a very intriguing game with the number four Florida Gators, 2-0, 2-0 in the SEC, heading to College Station to take on number 21, Texas A&M. Now, I don't know how much Florida you have watched this season, but in the two games that we have seen them so far, they're pretty good offensively. This is probably one of the best offenses that you're going to see in the SEC. Kyle Trask has been off to an unbelievable start. Having Kyle Pitts certainly helps. In his last game, he had 12 receptions, 227 yards. He's got six touchdowns. I'm sorry, not in the last game. 12 catches, 227 yards, six touchdowns for the season. That would have been something if he did that one game. But the, the thing is, Florida's got an offense. Now, their defense might be a little shaky, and that's why you think maybe Texas A&M at home rebounding off of a brutal game against Alabama last weekend. Maybe they keep it close. It's only a six-and-a-half-point line. I like Florida, though, to cover this because of that offense. And I don't think Texas A&M uh, can keep up. I think the Kellen Mond experience has not been living up to some of the expectations that I think a lot of people were throwing on him. And I think that was probably more pressure than deserved uh, accolades for Kellen Mond. So this is a big game for Texas A&M. They obviously cannot afford to lose any other games the rest of the way, having already lost to Alabama in SEC West play. But Texas A&M at home uh, has a knack for keeping things pretty tight against some uh, good competition. But I do think that this Florida offense is for real. And I think Florida wins this one. Not necessarily going away, but they're going to cover that six and a half point spread. I think it's going to be a pretty high scoring game from them too, because why not? <laughs> Elsewhere at noon Eastern, we're going to see number eight, North Carolina heading back home after I feel like the last time they played at home was their opening game against Syracuse. They're going to play 19 Virginia Tech this weekend. I don't know what to make of the Hokies. They're 2-0 off to a 2-0 starting ACC play. And this will be the best opponent that North Carolina has faced so far. North Carolina has only faced Syracuse and Boston College. Uh, their last game up in Chestnut Hill, Boston College covered. So I don't know if the layoff, if the interruption in their schedule was a little bit of a bother for North Carolina. But I do think that this North Carolina team is looking to get kind of back on track. And I think Virginia Tech is not necessarily the, the highest quality Virginia Tech program we've seen. Obviously, Penn State was supposed to play Virginia Tech this year. So we're kind of missing out on that. But I do think that North Carolina is clearly the better team here. I think Sam Howell has a pretty good game in this in the box score, and he's going to lead North Carolina to a victory. North Carolina, only a five-point favorite, though. I might lean towards Virginia Tech covering that because I do think it's going to be a good, tight game. Uh, I think Virginia Tech keeps it close, but uh, that five-point spread is pretty intriguing. I might stay away from that, but if I had to pick, I might go Virginia Tech plus the five. Uh, another noon game on the SEC network or SEC alternate network, it's going to be LSU versus Missouri. Now, technically, LSU is the home team, but they have moved this game to Missouri because of Hurricane Delta that's coming up through the Louisiana area. Uh, I still think it doesn't really matter where this game is being played. LSU is a 13.5 point favorite for a reason. I think they win this one going away. Even on the road in Columbia, I don't know if the travel uh, all of a sudden at the last moment is really going to impact LSU that much. Missouri is not all that good, and LSU, despite their loss to to Mississippi State in their opener, 
this is a pretty good LSU team. They've got plenty of talent there. Uh, obviously, they're looking to replace some key players along the way. I think Miles Brandon will have a pretty solid game uh, on the road against Mizzou. I do think that LSU wins this one and wins it one covering that 13.5 point spread. The big game, though, at noon, or at least it should be the big game at noon, is actually going to be played in Dallas in the Cotton Bowl Stadium between Oklahoma and Texas. Now, this is a very, very intriguing game because Oklahoma has lost two games in a row in Big 12 play. They're 0-2 to start the year in conference play. They cannot afford a third loss in Big 12 play, and they certainly cannot afford to lose a game to Texas, who could have a chance to really bury Oklahoma in the Big 12 title picture, because I don't think there's any coming back from an 0-3 starting conference play when Oklahoma still has to play Oklahoma State, who's looking like probably the most well-rounded team in the conference right now. So this is a huge game for Texas. Just imagine what's going through the minds of Texas right now as they prepare to take on their biggest rival in Oklahoma, who's lost two straight games, has fallen out of the top 25 rankings for the first time in who knows how long. Uh, I, I know somebody out there does. I just can't think of it off the top of my head. Uh, just imagine the, the adrenaline rush that Tom Herman and Sam Ellinger are having right now, thinking about the possibility of burying Oklahoma in their Big 12 grave for this season. Uh, the team that has been assumed to be the team to beat in the Big 12 has already been beaten twice, and Texas now has a chance to drive the final nail in the coffin. I know it's only the third game of Big 12 play for Oklahoma and for Texas, but uh, I don't think, like I said, I don't think there's any way Oklahoma can possibly come back from an 0-3 deficit to make their way into the Big 12 championship game. So this is the make-or-break game for Oklahoma, and I don't know if I trust them. I really don't. Oklahoma is actually a two-and-a-half-point favorite, so I sort of understand that because Texas's defense is not been all that good, uh, but neither is Oklahoma's when it counts the most. So I, I still think Oklahoma is probably the team I would go with straight up, but I, I don't know. I'm telling people to steer away from this one. Just in, watch it and enjoy it and see what happens. There are also a couple of really good litmus test type of games this weekend. The first one taking place in the SEC at 3.30 with number three Georgia fresh off their big win against our adopted Auburn Tigers. They're hosting the number 14 Tennessee Vols. Is Tennessee for real? Because they've looked pretty good early on the season. It looks like there is some progress being made that has carried over from their second half surge last season. Jeremy Pruitt seems like he's got a pretty firm grip on what's going on with the Vols. But this is going to be their biggest test yet because Georgia's defense is legitimately the best defense I've seen in the country so far. So this is going to be a big challenge for Tennessee, especially on the road. And you know, Georgia's offense might still be kind of up and down, but you know they're going to be able to run the ball. They're going to be able to out-physical Tennessee. Now, Tennessee has played Georgia close a couple of times. Uh, I don't know if this is going to be one of them. This is a 12.5-point spread for a reason. I think Georgia handles Tennessee pretty fairly. I think Tennessee's still going to have a good year, but this is going to be a little bit of a setback after a very promising start to the season for Tennessee. So I've got Georgia. i got Georgia big, and big reason why is that defense. The other litmus test will take place later at night with a 7.30 p.m. kickoff down in Death Valley as the number one ranked Clemson Tigers host the Miami Hurricanes. This is the game I'm probably most interested in this weekend because I want to know if Miami is for real. Now, even if they lose this game against Clemson, uh, I still think they have a very good chance to keep things interesting. This is a team that I do feel has made some serious strides, and I think having a quarterback in D.R. King has been the major difference maker this program has struggled to have for quite some time. I think he is that good of a player for the Miami Hurricanes. And their offenses looked very sharp, as I think, early on, and I think King is a big reason why. 
big question is can they do that on the road now against one of the best teams in the country if not the best team in the country and here's the thing i i really think that this is a good miami team but this is also one of those situations where i think clemson is seeing all the hype about miami and their resurgence and they're gonna say hey miami you think you're good let's see how good you are and then they just blow the doors off of them probably jump all over them very early on maybe pad a couple more scores right before halftime and then in the third quarter just send miami through the pile driver and just send them home demoralized and trying to look for some answers I think this is that kind of situation. It's almost like the Louisville-Clemson game a few years back when Lamar Jackson was doing his thing for the Cardinals. Uh, Clemson just embarrassed Louisville. So I think that this is one of those situations. So Clemson's a 14-point favorite. I like them against that spread. A couple other games real quick. Number 15, BYU hosting UTSA at 3.30 p.m. I'm rolling with BYU every week of the season until the rest of the year. Uh, they are 34.5-point favorite. I kind of like them to cover that to be honest with you uh it's a little dangerous it's a little risky but the way byu has been playing this year i aside from boise state i don't think they're gonna lose a single game and they might beat boise state too number 24 iowa state two and one overall two and oh in big 12 play that's a very key stat right here especially with a win against oklahoma already in their favor they're gonna host texas tech uh 12 and a half point favorite for the iowa state cyclones i like iowa state at home but i like texas tech to cover Let's go to our adopted team, number 13, Auburn. They are a 13.5-point favorite at home against Arkansas. Really rough weekend last weekend. They need a rebound. Arkansas, even though they snapped their 20-game SEC losing streak, I think this is the rebound win for our adopted Auburn Tigers. Auburn rolls in this one, easily covering that 13.5-point spread. Number two, Alabama will be in action on Saturday night at 7.30 p.m. on against Ole Miss. 23.5-point favorite. I like it. And the other big game, or I guess quote big game a Saturday night number five Notre Dame hosting Florida State Notre Dame is a 21 point favorite I say go with the Irish because this Florida State team is bad and I think Notre Dame maybe doesn't cover that 21 point spread until late in the fourth quarter but they're going to cover that spread send Florida State home with an 0-3 record in ACC play meanwhile Notre Dame would move to 2-0 in ACC play keep that in mind moving forward and that's going to do it for another edition of the Locked On Nittany Lions podcast. And we bring it close to another week of the Locked On Nittany Lions podcast. I thank you guys so much for tuning in and being a part of our show. We've done this now five days this week. We are back to five days a week moving forward. If you haven't caught on to that already, so make sure you're subscribed in your favorite podcasting app, whatever you're using to listen right now, and then go ahead and leave a rating and review. Let us know what you think about the show. We take your feedback and we help build the show. So it's something you want to come back to later on and hopefully share with your friends and family as well. You can also reach out to us in a variety of ways by using the username LockedOnNittany on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitch. I'm Kevin McGuire. You can give me a follow on Twitter at KevinOnCFB and check out my Patreon at patreon.com slash McGuire. Lots of stuff to going on this weekend. Lots of fun to be had. Lots of football to enjoy. So go out, have a great, safe weekend, and we will be back on Monday recapping some of the stuff that happened, and then we'll start taking a look more at previewing Penn State's upcoming season. Guys, it's going to be here in just a couple of weeks, so I'm looking forward to it. Hopefully you are too. Come back on Monday. Enjoy your weekend. I'll talk to you later. Bye.